0: I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching, and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Tim Sismy. That's right. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, great. That's Very right. right. Uh, and Tim used to be uh, good at his job. I'm reading his bio here. Um, so, as if to prove that no good deed goes unpunished, he was promoted to manager and it all fell apart.
1: That's so,
0: right. in an attempt to sort things out, he bought a notebook and read David Allen's Getting Things Done. Within a couple of weeks, he was sleeping better, making better decisions and beginning to actually enjoy being a manager. Since first encountering Get Things Done, Tim has uh, bought, loaned and given away more copies of the book than he cares to admit. Probably um, a penny for each one would have been a good good choice. (laughs) So in 2006, you decided to put a ring on it and qualify as a trainer with Next Action Associates, uh, who are the licensees for Get Things Done, uh, for the training and for the coaching in the UK and in Ireland. And you, Tim, started making work work better during the pandemic in a record filled bedroom, which I can see in the backdrop behind you. Listeners, you can't see this, but I can assure you, you know, there are a huge amounts of vinyl LPs and uh EPs, whatever they are behind him. So, uh, yeah. So a record-filled bedroom, combining lean process improvement, team cohesion, and getting things done with the conviction that healthy working, working practices play a vital role in employee engagement, inclusive inclusion, sorry, and well-being. It's shrinking down in text now to go down. Uh, empowered employees are, more often than not, happier and more productive. By enabling our employees to improve their own work, we can reduce their stress and improve the efficiency of the business in one fell swoop. Welcome to today's podcast, and we are going to have to ask a question about the record-filled uh, backdrop there. Okay. a little bit later on, but um, all right. Good to have you on today's podcast. Thank you again. Thank for you for your having your me. Time. No, not at all. So let, let's start with the the. The drinking things first and uh you've Absolutely. got your, your mug there tell me what's in I your do. mug today
1: it's um it's a cold brew coffee um so with it being the first of a couple of warm days mm. um i decided that a cold brew would probably be uh be suitable for the occasion so it's a little late in the day for me if i'm honest but we'll just yeah, what's yeah. the worst that can happen eh? Yep,
0: yep sleepless night perhaps <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the mug that you're drinking it in it always seems to be a thing when we see some interesting mugs so listeners if if you can hear uh, tim actually describe what
1: it is that he's drinking it out of so this is this is one of two um bronze uh i guess you'd call them goblets it's it's actually a, a sort of double wall insulated um goblet um, um and it was actually a it's a pair that I bought for my uh for my wife for our whatever bronze wedding anniversary is I think it's something well I'm just like, impressed
0: that you did something for a bronze I've never <laughs> remembered anything like bronze wedding anniversary I, I think bronze won. well the thing is I started it
1: like yeah. we started doing the doing it to the the lists yeah. so um you kind of you get into the groove of it so so yes this is one of a couple um it's got a bit tarnished I don't think it, it didn't like the dishwasher after the first couple of goes so we stopped doing that <laughs> But it yep. gives it a bit of character. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, because it's double-walled, it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. Colder. Although I yep. don't quite understand how it knows. Um, so, mm, uh, there must be a
0: switch in it somewhere.
1: Somewhere, yeah.
0: Some sensor, yeah. So you're drinking the cold brew now. What's your favourite right. coffee, Tim? And and how do you normally take your coffee, other than cold brew? Um,
1: so I, I favour a um a a drip filter pour over drip filter coffee so i have a um uh i have a chemex drip filter which is a beautiful thing it's like i don't know if you've seen them they're like kind of it's it's almost like an hourglass shape glass jug it's hourglass shape and you fit your filter paper in the top and it drips into the bottom um so i'm a uh yeah that's my kind of preferred preferred brew yeah. Um, or, or a V60. If I'm just making one cup, I'll use a Hario V60, yeah. similar kind of deal. Yeah. Um,
0: any particular I, beans, any particular brand? You know, we're always open to sponsorship for this podcast. So Any, any name dropping, is always welcome.
1: I get, um, well, I'll tell you what this one is, because I get my beans from a place called Packed Coffee, okay. who do like yeah. a sub- subscription. Um, so it's great. You basically, you pay however much it is a month and you tell them how much coffee you drink yeah. and you just get a through your through your door pack of beans or a pack of ground and um the the packaging is quite clever because it's nice and flat so it'll go through a letterbox you don't have to be ah, in to pick it yeah, up clever yeah um but what i really like about them is that there's a selection of coffees and you can rate the ones you like you can tell which ones you don't like and yeah. um and then they kind of refine it to, to your to your taste yeah. so this is a Finca Pacas paramara um, which is an el salvador um uh, oh. b- bean
0: yeah
1: and it turns out from looking i, I had a bit did a bit of revision for you yeah
0: um
1: and i looked i looked at my looked at my order history it turns out el salvador Guatemala have been fairly highly rated of late so they they're cl- I clearly drawn not consciously but okay. um i'm I quite like coffees with a, a quite sort of quite light sort of fruity, citrusy sort of bite to them. I'm, I'm not one yeah. for like your big, you know, I don't mind a sort of big chocolatey, robust coffee yeah. as such, but, yeah. but my jam is, is slightly more, is slightly lighter roasts wow. um, and and brighter flavors, which the Chemex is apparently particularly well suited yeah. to. So, um, so yeah, that's my, uh, that's my coffee, uh, That's my coffee
0: nerdery. And and it's interesting because, yeah, that usually during the day, I like the lighter roasts, as you say. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there are a couple, actually, that I've had that have been more citrus-based. But the one I'm drinking today, purely because I've been on the go, I've been doing some long Mm -hmm. days of courses and things last week and now playing catch-up. Yeah, I've gone full, heavy, dark roast. Right. I I shall not get sleep and probably until 2 o'clock in the morning after drinking all this today anyway. so. uh,
1: Keep what's growing. your what's your brewing what's your brewing regime? Have you brewed that?
0: Um, I'm very simple when it comes to things. Since lockdown, I've made the use of an espresso pod machine. Uh, oh, okay. So I buy the pods for that, and the one I've got today is uh, it's my usual sort of Starbucks roast. Okay. Um, I've been mixing it up a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but I've got a, a very small filter machine that I've got up in my office. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at do a little KitchenAid one, but it just does a uh, a hot flask of coffee. Okay. Uh, and I've got lazy during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I used to use that a lot, uh, but it only brews one flask. But uh, yeah, I, I think once, once we get a little bit more release and I can go out and, you know, get my Starbucks fix to weekend, <laughs> I'll probably go back more to the filter coffee myself, actually. So I think that sounds a good Various. idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I quite like the, um, one of the things that I've really started to enjoy during lockdown, actually, is that, is that little, kind of quarter past 10 um, routine kind of ritual of, you know, putting the coffee on, making the coffee, and, you know, yeah. having it. It takes a while to drip through. And there's just that kind of moment of calm in the middle of the morning that I I enjoy. Um, yeah. the, the, the making of the coffee is part of it in and of itself. You know? yeah, and that, That's interesting,
0: the timing of that, because, yeah, I have a honey and lemon. It's the first drink I have of the day. Every morning mm-hmm. I have a routine, like you say, I make a drink mm-hmm. of honey and lemon and that, Whether it's warm or cold, will go throughout the whole day. It just keeps my throat going as I'm talking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then what I find is I do my first coaching sessions about 9.30 till about 10.30. And then before my next one, 11, is when I go and grab my first coffee. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, similar time. And it's that half-hour gap. It's that pause in in the morning to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I like that. Yes. So thinking about your record collection that you've got behind you, before <laughs> we go on to more of the business and the, and the, and the stuff there, and I'm sure the, 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 the record collection is serious as well as the business is, but just tell us a little bit about what you have behind you. So listeners, you can't see it here, but I'll just give you a bit of a view. Tim is sat in a pretty easy, soft chair. It's a rocking chair. It's a rocking chair, even better. Yeah. Um, and behind him, he's got several... Square modules of racking, which have perfectly sized gaps for record storage. And it goes literally as he's lifting his camera up, it goes, looks like it goes floor to ceiling. So tell us, tell us about your record collection and give us a little bit more in depth so we can get a bit of a sense more about you. Well, this is, um,
1: this used to be a lot bigger. Um, but um, when we had kids, I had to. Uh, I uh, to downsize. So this is kind of we are pretty much down to six or seven hundred absolute essentials. Um, uh, so top half, sort of up there. So kind of these one, two, three, four and a half pigeonholes, whatever yeah. you want to call them, cubby holes, that's all guitars. So um punk, post-punk, um, kind of nineties alternative, um bit of metal, um that sort of vibe. Okay. Um then this one in the middle is jazz, and wow. then then this through to there is hip hop. Um, and then there's just random electronics and compilations and that sort of thing. So it's kind of a very sort of mixed bag of, yeah, of bits and pieces. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So listeners, we're gonna go off at a slight tangent here because I'm gonna ask Tim. What was your first vinyl record that you purchased? First vinyl record that I purchased? Yeah, that you used your own money for. Because I know sometimes yeah. people are giving them as gifts. What was the first one? Are going actually going to reach out to it, listeners,
1: and I, find I it. think it's here. I actually think it's here. Because um, this was a shared... Yeah, that's, it is here, in fact. Um, this was... This record collection was kind of, like, in, in the early days, was shared with my brother. This was the first first record from that collection it's uh, by a band called airhead it's called funny how yeah um it is from 1991 um and yeah that is the first that's officially the first record of this record collection i mean obviously we were um we were big music fans before that and had like you know the copied off the radio tapes and you know all of that business um, but when we got yeah. our first like record player in our bedroom and we went into a, there was a record shop in Loughborough called the Left-Legged Pineapple. And it had a sort of the front room was fairly normal and had lots of secondhand tapes. And it's where you go and buy your, your secondhand yeah. computer games and that sort of stuff. And then there was this beaded curtain at the back of the room. <laughs> and that was where all the weird stuff was out the back. <laughs> yeah. And occasionally you see people coming out with just like terrifying T-shirts and really long hair. And you'd be like, <gasps> so I remember my first trip into the back room at the Left Legged Pineapple to buy that Through record. The beaded
0: with, curtain.
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. With, with some, and it was like a mix of trepidation and excitement. <laughs> and um, I would say probably most of the records, well, all of the records purchased between 1991 and 94 when I went to university were all bought from that room at the back of the left legged pineapple It's a fantastic record
0: shop. There you go. So yeah, Yeah. there we go. Yeah. So second record question then. Second record,
1: interesting. Yeah. If Um, if
0: you well no sorry, not the second one you bought, but
1: mm
0: -hmm. second question. Okay. If there was one that if somebody broke, it would be the worst thing in the world, worst catastrophe it could happen. Ooh. what would it be so it might not be actually your favorite record and the reason I say that is that I had one of these records and my wife or girlfriend as she was then she's now my wife which is which is surprising considering she broke my record um but yeah when she broke it it wasn't my favorite it, yeah mm-hmm. it wasn't the best one uh but I was so gutted because I knew I'd never be able to get my hands on a copy of that record ever again yeah so what, no, that's
1: interesting yours? yeah uh, I'm gonna you have to excuse me I'm gonna stand up and look because yeah, my favourite records. I, you know, I can still listen to even if the the record themselves were broken. Um, mm. And and the you know the ones by my favourite bands aren't necessarily my um, the, the most irreplaceable. I would say probably, probably, probably this one. Okay. So this is a this is a box set of um, the Ninja Tune Ninja Tune label tenth anniversary box, um, right. <laughs> which was quite limited edition back in the day, and it's still reasonably. And that you can't, though that that costs you know hundreds of pounds on eBay now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would never, you know, I I wouldn't ever be able to replace that in any kind of um, uh, um so in one. any kind of meaningful way, and that's 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 I would say is probably the one it's one of the uh it's one of the few I've got that has been kept in decent condition and yeah. um and increased in value
0: yeah amazing well there you go so that's giving us an insight and listeners go you know, if you've ever asked yourself those two questions do you still remember what the answers are to those you know do you still have that record that you wouldn't mm. want to take a break do you still have that very first record so yeah so a few things just to think about there Yes. Moving on to the business side, then yeah, mm-hmm. make work work. Okay, is mm-hmm. uh, yeah the backdrop that you've got there behind you. So, what's been the latest or most significant thing, Tim, that you've actually worked on in your own business that you've fixed in your own business?
1: So, I mean, make work work better is quite a new venture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we I not really established. So, I, I I took redundancy from an accidental twenty-year career in market research mm-hmm. um, last uh, last August. And so, and, and set to make work work better shortly afterwards. Yeah. Um, so it's been a, it's kind of been a bit, quite a big learning curve <laughs> to, in, in and of itself. Um, but I think the thing that I've learned most, uh, that's, that's had the biggest impact, I think, in the way I think about it and in the way that I talk about it to people. Um, and that seems to be the thing that has helped, get me some traction yep. is ha- having some focus like deciding yep. on focus um so my um my expertise is really in process improvement and team cohesion and product- personal productivity so getting for getting yep. things done stuff yeah and um there's kind of two ways you can pitch that you can pitch that to businesses as you know we can just make your business work more effectively you can work more efficiently you can do things faster cheaper higher quality you know and who doesn't like that
0: yeah 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 Yeah. we're all Um, after that
1: exactly um but my real interest is in the impact of that on well-being right so I, i have this um i have this theory that um you know, if you if your job is to lift heavy things at work, you get taught how to lift heavy things. Yeah. But knowledge workers aren't really taught how to deal with the nuts and bolts of their day-to-day in the same way. So That's we aren't prepared with the tools to, you know, manage our email or to manage our time or to effectively work. And quite often we don't feel empowered in our work to suggest changes, mm. um, you know, and, and things like that. And I've just seen the impact that empowering individuals—you know, giving giving them ownership of their own work, giving them the wherewithal to improve their own um, their their own processes. Yeah. Um, I've seen what the impact that has on the efficiency of the business, but also on those people's view of their own work and of their um, of, of their well, and then subsequently on their well being. And and that's really what I care about because I feel like a lot of, a lot of well-being um, initiatives in, especially in sort of corporate life, they tend to be kind of remedial. So it's it's yoga or it's here's a mindfulness app and or you know it's mental health first aiders or an EAP yes, program, yeah. Yeah. you know, and all that stuff's really important. You know, yeah. I don't want to belittle that at all, no. um, but it's not solving the problem. Or one of the problems.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And 2019 through to 2020, a quarter of work-related absences um, were caused by stress, anxiety or depression linked to workload. Right. You know, so it sort of feels like if we do something about how people feel about their work, we're going to improve that yeah and so that's
0: and that's a significant cost not just to the well-being of the people but you know for the people listening to this who perhaps have their own business and they have teams working with them that's that's a significant cost to the business as well isn't it absolutely productivity and efficiency everything's going to everything's going to start falling over because of that isn't it
1: Mm. well i mean if you think so the cost of having people out of, of you know off sick there's or if you People being unhappy least to churn. I mean, the cost of recruiting new people compared to retaining the people you've got is massive. Um, not yeah. just financial cost, but the cost of your productivity because you have to retrain those people and get them up to yeah. a good standard. Um so yeah, it's huge. And so, so for wh- me why,
0: the... why why wouldn't people want to do something about that though? Because you know, you're right, yeah, I might have been being in business myself since way mm-hmm. back in the mid-90s. And I've seen so many people. I mean, I was in the construction industry uh, for over 20 years, which is renowned for overloading people and Mm -hmm. stressing people out. And it's expected, you know, and I've I've turned down jobs and I've said to people, you know, you've offered them a great salary, great package, but I know you're going to ask me to sell my soul to you because you Mm -hmm. know that that's coming and you see people. So what is it do you think needs to to shift what why why do people ignore it in the way that they do
1: well i think that's changing um yeah. i think if there's anything anything good to come out of the pandemic the fact that well-being mental health you know employees mental health has become a topic of conversation is a good thing yeah okay so 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 that things are moving in the right direction um i think part of the problem is there's sort of an assumption that mental health is something that people bring to work with them so if someone has poor mental health, it's the way that we approach it seems to be, OK, well, this this person's this person has an anxiety disorder and they're at work. So how do we help them manage their anxiety at work? We don't tend to think of, well, maybe the work's causing the anxiety. Yeah. You know, there's that's not something we address. Yeah. Um, I also think that we have a culture of rewarding firefighters. You know if you think about any business the people who get the plaudits are the people who pull the long nighter to pull like the um the 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 the, the thing that's causing all the problems out of the fire doing things right first time is not sexy yeah you know (laughs) but it should be Um, shouldn't it (laughs) yeah i know but that's that's the thing is no one it's it's very very rare that we notice when stuff doesn't go wrong and we don't you know if, if a project runs perfectly first time we don't reward those people in the same way we reward the people who've like pulled something out at the last minute because something's gone wrong. Yeah. So there's a cultural approach towards yeah, it that yeah. I think needs to change.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, you say, as you were talking then, I was just thinking of a a client I did some work with last year, uh, and still work with now, but they they put trackers onto people's computers so they could see when people were working at home how many hours mm-hmm. they were putting in front of the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting, the conversation with the senior leadership team went very similar to what you just said, where they were chastising people for not putting the hours in on the computer and praising people who were overworking and doing 14 hours on their computer. Mm. And I said, that's OK. But what about the results? Who is it that's getting results? And there was one guy in particular who was achieving amazing things whilst working from home. Mm. Yeah, he was getting beaten up for the fact that he wasn't putting the hours in. He was yeah. switching his computer off at three o'clock, but he'd done. He'd achieved everything that he'd been set and more. He was excelling, but he'd found a better way of working smarter. He was working so much better at home without the distractions. So his mm-hmm. outcomes were huge, yet he was getting beaten up because he wasn't putting the hours in.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, was, I was hopeful that... One thing we would see from the pandemic would be a shift more towards managing by outcome, yep. rather than by managing with, uh, with by bombs on seats. And yep. I've been quite disappointed to see the number of companies well, that I agree are starting to adopt that kind of approach, where they're um, uh, they're effectively, you know, because it doesn't say trust, does it? We're going to yeah. we're logging how long you're logged in. We can see what you've got on your screen. You are as long as you're sat at your computer, you must be working. All of this it doesn't say trust. It doesn't say yeah. like adult to adult um and, and i would say if you feel you need to do that for your employees then something else is wrong yeah you know um so so yeah it's for me it's quite fundamental i think one of the other reasons that people that organizations don't do it is that it will involve changing yeah. it will involve changing the culture of the organization potentially it will involve having to get people who have potentially been doing their job the same way for the last 20 years to do it slightly differently. Um, mm-hmm. it will involve um, well people don't like change like people don't like yeah. change and yeah. change is uncomfortable and yeah. it's and easier to not change
0: yeah and I think sometimes as well there are people in the business that don't want to let go of an element of control. Mm-hmm. They, they like having that stranglehold and that grip on processes, people mm-hmm. in the business, don't they? And they think as soon as you start talking about well being and uh, managing by outcomes, as you mentioned, and getting traction, mm-hmm. they feel that they're losing control. They think they're mm-hmm. giving control over to somebody else or somewhere. Suddenly people can make choices about when they work because of the outcomes they're achieving. And the, it's that mm-hmm. lack of control, isn't it? Letting it go
1: yeah absolutely
0: so how are things being for you this side of christmas compared to you know you say you started the business in august mm-hmm. um and we've seen a shift in lockdowns etc here in the uk so how how were things before christmas how have things been after christmas Is there been much difference at all has only been been a shift yeah for you?
1: there has a little bit um it's Although not the way you'd expect necessarily, I I felt like I was getting a bit of momentum up just before Christmas. So I I had yeah. a few things, a few things in the fire, and things were starting to go go along. And then when lockdown happened, a um, couple of couple of things happened. One was that obviously the kids were at home, yeah. Um, which me, you know, so homeschooling. My wife's a psychotherapist, so um, I sort of parent while she's got clients, and, yeah. and and vice versa. And it did just mean that there was no. That I, I kind of lost two days a week of, of business building. So that was quite um, you know, I gained two days a week of being shouted at by my seven year old for because um, <laughs> he had to do writing, you know. So, you know, every every cloud and all that. And you but, did um, some
0: homeschooling as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Every
0: parent learned something during <laughs> homeschooling, didn't they? <laughs> that's right,
1: that's right. Um, yeah, we do fractions differently now, apparently. Yeah. Um so um so it, it was a bit tough and also i think there's I, there's something really interesting about the way that this lockdown but also the first lockdown affected the way people think about improvement in their business so i was in um i was in corporate employment at that t- at that point where, with yeah. the first lockdown and observed the same thing that a lot of my colleagues in other organizations who also did um you know lean or continuous improvement roles yeah. which was kind of a battening down of the hatches it, mm. And that um, it was kind of felt like, you know, we're in a we're in a global pandemic. Now is not the time to try and improve things. Yes. Um, you know, now is now is the time to hunker down and hope it goes away. Yeah. Good um, job the
0: scientists didn't do that with the vaccine, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: what an attitude that would have been.
1: And and so we kind of had a uh, and, and, it, and I know a lot of people who worked in in that industry who had a very similar thing. It was all the all the work stopped. Yeah. Basically, no, no one had the headspace to engage with change. And I think that's yeah. really what it came down to. It came down to we've got all this stuff going on and it's we haven't got the headspace to engage with the idea that we need to change things.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, an, that's an interesting picture that you've given us there. And I know most of the people listening to this will be a little bit uncomfortable with that because there's probably small, um, you know, Medium-sized businesses, entrepreneurs, who I think have did the opposite. You know, uh, when mm. I when lockdown happened, small businesses looked up and said, "Okay, we need to do things differently." And yeah. certainly, from a coaching point of view, I became the busiest I've ever been because you know we as coaches and consultants can give the biggest value in times mm-hmm. of change. So, for a lot of us working with the small medium-sized businesses, and you're absolutely right. And it's interesting you say what you said. We became busier than ever. Mm. I know executive coaches and people who do deal with processes and system change and things like. Who, as you said, I didn't realise perhaps that difference. They they suddenly became really quiet. Everybody, mm-hmm. as you say, was was you know bunkering down. Um, so yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How the the bigger organisations react to that? You know, just that giant feel of you know we're bigger than this. We'll just ride it out. Mm-hmm. to the small guys thinking okay there's a wave here we need to get on our boards and get on top of it and 100%. go with it
1: yeah i, I yeah. think there's an interesting in
0: perception that. change
1: but what um and i think this is the just to tie it back to the question that you asked initially um which i think i managed to avoid answering but um from a point of view the thing that changed is that this year i really doubled down on the well-being thing but right. like i really i really went in kind of so i, I Previously, I've been trying, I kind of had a foot in both camps. And if I felt like I was yeah. talking to someone who'd, who'd be thinking about well being, I'd talk about that. But if I felt like I was talking to a, um, a more pragmatic business owner type person, I'd talk about process yeah. improvements and efficiency and so on. Yeah. This year, I was kind of the, the big th- the thing that I tweaked and the thing that's given me, I, I feel like has enabled me, has given me a bit of a push, has been this idea of, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on the well-being thing. That's what yeah. interests me. That's what I'm I'm that's what drives me. Yeah, it's nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is talking about this stuff in in this way yeah. that I've that I've come across. And and so then I started and it changed the way that I talk about it to people. It changed the way that I um it changed the message that I didn't things like LinkedIn posts and so on and so forth. I started to focus more on that. Um, I just had a, a virtual stand at the virtual health and well-being at work show. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and it's very much kind of informed the way that I've started to think about marketing and my message and um, yeah. how I'm going to respond to things. And suddenly things are a lot clearer for me. Good. And I think that's the, the really um, that's the lesson that I think I've taken out of this, this last few months is that, you know, yeah. focus is focus requires letting some things go. Yes. Yeah. And, and letting go of the idea that I need to be all things to all people and really focusing on the thing that's important to me has really helped me sort of nail that message. And, and um, you know, it's, yeah, that, that's been a big And, deal and, and that's me.
0: great because, you know, what you talk about there really is you're doing what you preach. Mm. You know, you started yeah, off by saying yeah. traction from focus and productivity and, you know, uh, the impacts of well-being. Well, actually, you've gone through in a very condensed time that same effect yourself mm-hmm. of focus, and you realise the benefits of it. And, yeah. yeah, you know, you've made your own work work better. Now, there's a yeah. step line we, for you, see? There we go. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Um, so, and I think that's important because I think people buy into that. And I think, you know, the reason I ask about the, the before and after Christmas, because certainly I've seen in a lot of businesses... Uh, this third lockdown that we've been here in the UK, and I've just had a message from my admin team who are over in the Philippines, that they're about to go into a lot, a a more stronger lockdown. Mm -hmm. And they've, they've had a very, very strict lockdown, much longer than ours, much stricter than ours. And they're just about, they're just when they were coming out, they're about to go into another uh, very harsh lockdown again. And I certainly see after Christmas, morale has been at its lowest i've worked with some Mm -hmm. businesses who have had exceptional growth during the first three months of this year Mm -hmm. but morale has been at its worst yeah because the everything outside has has an impact on work yeah how people Mm -hmm. have felt about seeing their families they didn't get to spend christmas as they wanted to Mm -hmm. morale and, and i say that that mental well-being uh, has been significantly affected in this lockdown, much more than the other two. I think the first one felt like a bit like a holiday. It was new, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it people was new, were it was enjoying
0: fun. the exercise. Wow, you know, people going out yeah. and walking. You know, I look, I used, I used to sit here and as I look out, I could see people walking around the countryside in masses.
1: Yeah. This
0: lockdown, you know, okay, yeah, the weather's an impact, but it hasn't been the same because people have been a lot more um, sort of downtrodden. I think the school thing. I think that's got people down as mm. well, having the kids mm. at home and having to do that s- structured schoolwork. Again, the schools weren't ready for it, for it in uh, lockdown number one, were they? True. So True. it did feel more like a holiday. This time, parents have actually had to do the schoolwork mm. and stick to schedules. So, yeah, it's interesting how that's that's made a difference.
1: I had a client um, say the difference for, for him felt like he said, you know, lockdown when we were working from home and now it feels like we're living at work. Mm. Um, and Acid I thought comparison. that was yeah, yeah, that was that hit the nail right on the head for me. Um, yeah. so but yeah, I know. Although, the other thing was that you know, the first, as you say, there was a bit more of a, um, a laissez faire kind of what we do, what we do kind of attitude to the first one. Yeah. And then lots of people that came into this second lockdown were like, oh, I'm not doing what I did last time, I'm not, I'm not getting drunk every night, you know, I'm not drinking every yeah. night, I'm not doing that. And then, you yeah. know, it's, kind of, it's much harder this time round isn't it? I don't know <laughs> if they're related. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. True. Yeah, could, could very well be. Yeah. Eating and drinking. So if you could give the the listeners, Tim, something to take away from today's podcast, something they can do something with uh, mm-hmm. either with their team or in their own business or with themselves, mm-hmm. what would you, what would you give them? What lesson, what tip can you share today?
1: If there's one, if there's one thing that I would say, everybody could do more of um it's writing things down
0: Mm. okay
1: um it's the it's the first thing that i started doing when i started doing getting things done um and the kind of the only non-negotiable as part of getting things done is you don't keep things in your head so david allen talks about um your your brain is for having ideas not holding them yeah and i would just say if you're going to change any one thing um, in order to give yourself a kind of lighter feeling of in your in your mind, yeah help yourself sleep better, um, make better decisions. write stuff down if something yeah. pops into your head, write it down and give yourself fifteen minutes once a week to just empty your head onto a bit of paper um, you know just to just dump everything out and right. writing it down doesn't mean you have to do it
0: Ah oh, that's interesting yeah.
1: Just yeah. gets it out of the head. Just get it out of your head. You're not committing to doing it. You're just getting it out of your head. Yeah. Um, and see how much stuff is kicking around in there that's been weighing you down. That would be my that would be my big recommendation. Yeah,
0: It's, it's interesting when I saw the uh, GTD um, logo uh, and you know, sort of uh, wording in your bio. <laughs> uh, I, I read a book. I don't think it was by David Ann, but I read a book some time ago and they were talking about ways to get to-do to lists and things like that done mm-hmm. uh, and I've always carried a, a a pad around with me and written things mm-hmm. down and it doesn't work particularly well for me I tried doing it online that didn't work using calendar so I actually and now I have my um, GTD box on Evernote so I use Evernote okay uh, as an electronic and every mm-hmm. day I duplicate the day and I put it into the categories and uh, yeah it makes a massive difference the one thing I would say as well as write it down look at it again because one of the things Mm -hmm. i found is i write things down and then if i don't look at them again i forget what i've written down and sometimes that's a good Mm -hmm. thing but sometimes you just need to remind yourself what you actually wrote down and you know have you done i mean yeah there's a
1: there's a whole set of there's a whole process beyond the uh the the right to getting it out of your head that you know you you can go through to work out you know what am i going to do next and reviewing it and so on and so forth But the thing that gives you—we've all had that experience of where we go, oh God, I'm—I just—I don't even know what to do next. I'm just going to have to make a list. Yeah, you know, we've we've all had that feeling, Um, and just giving yourself that that moment of right, I'm just going to empty my head and see it all. What I find really fascinating is when you do when I do that in a in a, a class, I do that as part of a course. Half the people find it really liberating yeah half the people find it really depressing yeah (laughs) but nothing's changed literally nothing has changed all that's happened is you've written it down
0: yeah that's interesting yeah yeah and again it's the effect and the impact it has on people Mm -hmm. the way that they perceive it isn't it definitely exactly
1: yeah
0: so how do people connect with you tim what's the best way you mentioned there uh a course i can see Mm -hmm. you know listeners can't see but i can see you've got a of um is it a banner you've got up
1: there yeah it's an actual real thing
0: yep um Um, yeah so uh, yep tell me tell the listeners how they can connect with you and how they can find out more about what you do and take a look at your content and what you've got
1: available sure so I'm um I'm Tim Sismi on uh, LinkedIn um I'm very easy to find on LinkedIn um and it's kind of my preferred way of of getting in touch with people. if um, So if you're on LinkedIn, please connect. Um, and, and that's SISME, the, the so chat. it's
0: Tim, T-I-M. Yep. Won't well, find you by searching
1: Timothy. So search Tim. oh, only to my mum.
0: Yeah. Yep. And SISME is S-I-S-M-E-Y.
1: That's right, yeah. So Tim right. SISME, S-I-S-M-E-Y. I'm um, at Tim SISME on Twitter as well. Okay. Um, and the website is make-work.work yeah um i didn't
0: even even know there was a dot work out there so that's yeah something i learned just by seeing that so
1: yeah so So make dash work make
0: make dash work dot work dot work
1: yeah and that's where you'll find um my blogs that's where you'll find my videos that's where you'll find um information about the the core programs and the other workshops that we run and you can sign up to my newsletter which is launching very very soon right great
0: so there you go listeners Go to the website. If you do nothing else from today other than obviously dump things out of your head on to uh, write them down. Second thing to do is go to make-work.work and sign up for Tim's newsletter. And let's, let's give him a, a great list of people that are digesting his content. Thank you very much for sharing what you've done today. I've got to ask the final question and we're doing this as we're starting to ease here in the UK out of lockdown, Mm -hmm. but by the time this goes live, we will probably be in the next stage of uh, being able to go out and, you know, have drinks outside and uh, mix with people a bit more. So if you could have your next coffee in a dream Uh location tip, where would that dream location be?
1: See, I've listened to a few of your, um, to a few of the episodes leading up to now, um, and some people had some great ones. I, I really like. There was, um, so you knew this was coming, then, didn't you? I knew not, this was I've coming. I've not caught so you had out. T- yeah, <laughs> I had a chance to think about it, and there was some, there were some beautiful images of like Vietnam and and the Mediterranean and all of this. But yeah. honestly, my dream coffee is just with actual people, just like mm. being able to sit down with my friends with actual people. Um, but the place that I have really missed because it hasn't really been open during the lockdown at all is there is a fantastic little coffee shop in Levington Spa called Bar Angeli, Um, and they have, um, lots of really weird and wonderful brewing methods. So you can get like an espresso or you can get a filter, but they also have these siphons. Have you seen the coffee siphons? They look like, they look like a weird chemistry experiment. Um, And they serve it to your table in like a, a sort of like a round bottom flask that the coffee's kind of siphoned into. So it's like something out like of Breaking Bad. And, um,
0: I guess that sounds something more like
1: recreational drugs than coffee. But
0: it, yeah, it's <laughs> served in that bowl.
1: That's right. But it's it's astonishingly oh, right, good coffee. It, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. It's astonishingly good coffee. Um, to the extent where there is a, an Italian friend of mine who um, won't go there because it makes him homesick. Really. Um, Wow, yeah, that's
0: saying that's, something, isn't it?
1: That's right. That's how good yeah. the coffee is. So, yeah, I, I, am, I have a number of um, IOU coffees yeah. um, for when that opens up. That that would yeah. be the place that I, I've missed most, I think. Yeah.
0: Hey, and it's interesting. And you know, My favourite place to drink coffee is, is Starbucks, and particularly in, in our local town, Newark. And it's a lovely marketplace, and you can sit inside and look over the marketplace, or you can sit mm-hmm. outside if the weather's nice. And you're right. You know, the thing that I miss most... Because you know, I still go and I have my takeaway coffee and I sit out on the market stalls on a Sunday. And the thing, I, the reason I go there on a Sunday because our neighbours can't work out why we go into a derelict town and have a coffee. But a lot of people that go there, go to walk their dogs, they have a drink, mm-hmm. and then they sit in the market stalls. We can't talk, we can't get close enough to really have many conversations. But one thing I am looking forward to is getting back inside because I miss the old guy. I haven't got a clue what his name is. <laughs> There's an old guy who, who's in there every Saturday and he sits there for three or four hours on his iPad, just scrolling through the tabloids on an iPad, drinking a right. Starbucks coffee. And he ha- he only has one coffee and he's there for about two hours. And we know, we know he's there for two hours because he's still there when we walk by on the outside. <laughs> <for> the <dinner laughs> but it's the people watching, isn't it? It's not just the people yeah. that you know. It's the people that are around you that intrigue you, that you see a little bit of an insight into their lives how they dress mm. how they behave what they what they watch you know we've got a family again don't know who they are but they come in with their kids and you, I can tell you what they will eat <laughs> I'm not that I'm a stalker of anything like that but it, you do it's that connection isn't it that connectivity mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be with people that we know
1: so, no and it's and I think actually now you've said that it's just made me think the thing that technology hasn't really been able to replace during this lockdown is chance encounters Yes. Serendipity. You know, every every person you've spoken to for the last year, more or less you've spoken to because you were arranged to do so in advance.
0: That's yeah. very true. Very true. And yeah, and, and yeah. that
1: kind of chance encounter spontaneity is something that we've kind of um we've lost a little bit. So I'm very much looking forward to.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna write that down while I think about it. Because you're absolutely right. And that's that's a realization that I think many of the listeners listening to this, yeah, you know, we're we're listening to strangers, we're perhaps even talking to strangers, but all by arrangement and choice mm-hmm. not by that spontaneity mm. Chan- chance encounter i love that i think that's a great great way of describing mm. it uh, but we did have a slight ch- chance encounter that we both know ernie so uh, yes that's right how, how did that come about but they go all the way around yeah, the world all the way, way around back again and back to mr santa claus absolutely so, thank you very much tim for giving up your time thank you for the things that you Shared um, about you and your business, the record collection. Listeners, you've got <laughs> some great things that you need to ask your friends about, and perhaps even think about yourself. And yeah, it's it's about managing by outcomes. You know, absolutely. And a great tip of getting things out of your head and write them down. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for for giving us the tips and the lessons, and for giving us an insight into your world as well. Really do appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I've really I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me.
0: Good listeners this as always is part of my mission to help businesses around the globe become better educated we've done that some great tips more aware i certainly know you will be more self-aware uh, certainly by writing things down and of course we've talked about coffee too and record who knew uh, really appreciate you listening to this podcast and i look forward to having you on the next one bye for now